Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. This morning's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, John. When I was in school chaplaincy at a boys' boarding school, uh, we once did a series of talks, a little bit like we're doing here, on the Lord's Prayer, a verse at a time. The setting was a little bit different. Uh, It was compulsory chapel in this school. Uh, 600 uh, boys, teenage boys, very formal and at times quite formulaic setting. And uh, after we did the first week, uh, I was leading the service and I thought, these guys are used to saying the Lord's Prayer regularly. It was printed on the inside of the, the hymn book. I will lead them in the Lord's Prayer, where we will just say the first two lines together and then finish. So I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And uh, 600 boys went, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Amen. And uh, we did that. It, It felt a little bit abrupt, but everyone did as I suggested. And then we sung our final hymn, as we normally did, and everyone went about the rest of their day. Well, a couple of days later, I was in the middle of a GCSE German lesson, and uh, Archie, 
who always had something to say, was on the front row. And he said, um, sir, I didn't like what you did in chapel the other day. I said, what was that? What did you not like? And he said, well, you know, just saying these first few lines of the Lord's Prayer and then amen. It just, it just didn't feel right. I, I actually, it felt so weird for me. I had to go back to my room and say the rest of the prayer. Today we come to the last of our sermons on the Lord's Prayer. And we've covered each of the individual phrases already. Do catch up on the website um, if you missed some of those previous weeks. The aim of today is to step back and consider uh, the Lord's Prayer in context. To think about what Jesus says around the prayer to help us rethink what is in it. Because the Lord's Prayer doesn't just come to us out of the blue. Uh, It comes in the middle of a section of teaching with a very profound and consistent message, and a message that we often lose the way we use the Lord's Prayer. Most of us, we know the Lord's Prayer as the ultimate public prayer. It is probably the most common set of words that Christians say together uh, when, when they meet, and it's learned word for word by billions. But when Jesus first shared this prayer with his disciples, he taught that prayer should be something private. And the strong implication of that, actually, is that the exact words don't really matter that much. So what actually are we to make of the Lord's Prayer? What does it mean to receive it as Jesus wanted it to be said? And where does that leave us with our own practice of public prayer? Well, those are just some of the questions I want to wrestle with uh, with you Uh, this morning. And we're going to do that under two headings. I'll spend much more on the first one than the second one. Number one, prayer in the secret place. And number two, prayer for our public place. So first of all, prayer in the secret place. Prayer in secret. So in his introduction uh, to the Lord's Prayer, Jesus commands us to pray in secret. Verse five of Matthew chapter six says, and when you pray, Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, this word hypocrites, in Greek, it was originally a word for an actor. So someone who practices the arts of illusion. And Jesus used the word for those who led the prayers in the synagogue and perhaps people who made a habit of passing through public places on their way there, just so everyone said, oh yeah, you know, you know Levi's off to, to pray today, you know, as, as he always does. And these were people who wanted everyone else to note the prayers that they were making. So Jesus was saying, look, don't be an actor like that. Don't Don't let prayer be something on the outside, something you put on for the benefit of others, when it doesn't come out of your heart. In fact, he says, if you pray like that, once you've been seen by other people, you've got your reward in full. That's it. That's all you're getting. No answers, no spiritual growth, nothing else for you to have, which is quite strong, isn't it? Uh, Watch out, especially if you're paid to say prayers. Now, 
Now, why does he say this? Why does he say this? And what does it mean for our public prayers? Because we do pray in public like we did today. Should we perhaps just all pack up right now and go home? And uh, go into our, have you got enough rooms in your house? Close the door. Well, I don't think so. And I'm going to come to the place of public prayer in just a moment. But let's, let's grasp Jesus' critique uh, right at the beginning. He is going after false piety. Any religious activity designed to make us look good, he's having none of that. And he is going after a mechanistic approach to prayer. You know, prayer like a slot machine. If I just input the right words, if I just use the appropriate heavenly code, God will have to give me whatever I ask for. No, none of that. Instead, he says, pray in secret. He says, go into your room. Go into your room. And the room here is probably a storeroom. I think we would imagine a room with no windows. And to make absolutely sure uh, no one notices, Jesus says, close the door as well. Okay? And he says, go... Go there, go somewhere so unseen that it cannot possibly be done for kudos from anyone else. No one else is going to notice, right? So you just, if you're doing it for someone else, there's just be no point. And pray in a way that the only person who could possibly notice is the one who sees what is done in secret. That is your Father in heaven. And that surely is what underpins Jesus' point here. Prayer, above all, Above anything else, it is doing business with God one-to-one. And actually, as Jesus develops his argument, his, the next few verses, they're fascinating. He says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans who think they will be heard because of their many words. That is an extraordinary thing to say in the context of the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? I mean, the Lord's Prayer is the most babbled prayer in the whole world. And two verses before, it says, don't babble. And then it says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Most people read the Lord's Prayer, they're like, I better get the words right. You know, hello, how do you even pronounce that? You know, it's the one place in the Bible we use a word that we use nowhere else. We're so particular on the words. And yet Jesus says, God already knows what you're going to say. Which probably means that the exact words are unlikely to really swing it. It's extraordinary. He's saying, ultimately... The point of the prayer is our relationship with God. That's the only way to make sense of prayer in secret. So let me ask you, do you pray in secret? No, stop, don't answer. Because if you do, then everyone will know, and then it won't be prayer in secret. But seriously, do do you pray in secret? Is, Is that a part of your life, metaphorically speaking, to go into the room, close the door, and pray? Now, I don't know about you, but I, th- I think I find this, this kind of teaching is just, it's the kind of thing that I absolutely love about Jesus and also some of the most challenging things about Jesus. I think instinctively we love this. We love the way that Jesus goes after sham religion. We don't like it, and he doesn't like it either. We can hear Jesus saying, look, what you are in private is who you really are. And, and we want to say, yeah, that's absolutely right, Jesus. That, we know that's true. And every one of us, we want to have, deep down, I think, we, we want to have an authentic life of faith. So we're on board with that. But it's also immensely challenging. The big problem about the secret place is this. 
it brings us up against our deepest fears and doubts. Bluntly, what if God isn't there? What if God isn't there after all? Okay, so just think about this. We, we come out to church you know, or a public meeting, and sure, we pray, absolutely, but let's, let's be frankly honest about this. Even if God isn't there, you know, at least, um, you know, there's some benefit to be had. Um, you'll see some people, you know, exercise your lungs a little bit, bit of community, probably some nice refreshments. We might even get some wisdom for living that, frankly, is still useful even if God is not there. But if I go into my room and I pour out my heart to the Lord and he doesn't even exist, what on earth am I doing? And I think for many of us, that's a scary thought, and it stops us from going into the room. Now, those can be real and and serious doubts, and I think, frankly, every honest Christian has had them from time to time. But if we have them, let's hear what Jesus says into them. Because I think he speaks to them. He says this, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here is Jesus. He's the one man who has ever come from God. And he says, I've been with the father and I'm telling you, it's worth you going into your secret place because I know that God sees you there. And I know he's your loving father. He longs for you to speak to him and to express your relationship with him. And he is listening. So this is, this is wonderful news. And um, if you're looking at the door to your secret room, if you understand the metaphor, and uh, you're wondering whether to open it, perhaps you can let these verses ring in your mind. Your heavenly Father sees you, and in you go and pray. So let's get, let's get practical. How is this going to happen? Uh, well, perhaps for some of you, you've, you've actually never really set aside time just to pray to God. And the, the whole thing just sounds really quite terrifying. Well, how about making this week the week to start? Okay, so can you take one five-minute slot this week, or one minute or two minutes, on a morning with a cup of tea or your preferred beverage or whatever, your herbal tea? Uh, you could take the Lord's Prayer as your template and just talk to God. Just talk to God. Have a think for a moment now. Where, where, when could that happen? Where is that going to happen for you? Could you make it every day? Perhaps you could pick up one of our devotional uh, books that Natasha mentioned earlier. There's a prayer in there each day as well, and some scriptures sort of shape your prayers. That's a great way of getting started. Um, Alison, who leads our prayer ministry, is currently helping a number of people learn how to pray. We love to do that. Get in touch with prayer at emmanuelfroyden.org.uk. I would like to learn how to pray. Please could someone come alongside me and encourage me and teach me how to pray. Or come to those ancient prayer uh, practice evenings in Lent. The point of those is not just to learn, it's to practice. We're actually going to pray together. And we hope that you would join us so that you, you find a habit of prayer that would last well beyond when those things are finished. So that's if you've never prayed before. For others, um, maybe you, you have been in the habit of daily prayer, but it's all, gone, um, it's all gone a bit dry. 
Uh, perhaps you have some of those Bible reading notes. And you know, if you're honest, what happens these days is you open it and you kind of read it and then you read the prayer and then, all right, well, I've done that. Well, perhaps it's time for you to breathe new life into your daily devotions. And listen, there's no silver bullet here. But here's the fundamental thing that perhaps I want to say to you this morning. The Lord sees. The Lord sees. You're not just going through the motions. And can you this week, as you come to the Lord, actually see him seeing you and speak to him and his new focus and faith, possibly? Uh, that's, that's where I am, I think, this week. I've, I've got to do battle with that. Now, let me speak to a third group of people, though, because I, I think there are others, too, who would, who would love to kind of get involved in this, you know, love the idea of this secret room. Uh, but frankly, just th- that seems nigh on impossible with the responsibilities that you have in, in life. You know, perhaps, frankly, you can't even go to the loo in private because you're at that kind of stage with your little kids. Or, you know, just for whatever reason, you know, perhaps work is incredibly hard or you're just really knackered all the time. Um, I remember a, a church leader I met in Belarus when I was a student, and his whole um, ministry was really built around this idea of the Tainaya Komnata, which, if you know your Russian, means uh, the secret room. And uh, he would spend four or five hours a day in, in the secret room, as it were, praying to the Lord. And his ministry saw enormous fruit. He was a great man of God. And um, he described how he would do this. So... <laughs> He, um, he would go into his room. It is, you know, he lived just in a standard flat, so there were no private spaces. And he would put his headphones on, um, tune in some music, and sort of his family life, he had four kids, would just kind of pass him by all around him, and he would sit there for four hours just communing with God. I mean, now that I have my own kids, I really want to go back to Belarus and just speak to his wife and say, how did this, how did this work? And what about your kind of secret room? But anyway... Um, but, you know, creative. He was finding a way to find that peace. Um, there, was a, there was another lady, again, uh, a student who I met in Belarus, and she lived in um, student accommodation, four people to one room, and she worked out that her secret, ro- her secret place was going to be behind the curtain by the window. And that's what she would do. She would go in the morning, go and tuck herself behind the curtain and have her prayer time there. Now, the point is this, we can use our imagination. The principle is not so much the closed room as our heart's attitude to the Lord. That moment when we are communing only with him. It doesn't have to have a door, it doesn't even need to be a place. Perhaps it's out in nature. Um, Perhaps it's in the car on the way to pick up a teen. Uh, Perhaps it's on your commute. Just as long as we're honest with ourselves... The secret place is not daydreaming, okay? We haven't been in the secret place if we just sat on the sofa and just let our minds wander. The secret place is when we are talking to God, doing business with him. Prayer in the secret place. Okay, prayer in the secret place. Now, prayer in, for our public place. Next slide, please. Prayer for all of us as a church. Now, everything I've said so far is definitely the case. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is framed around this private prayer idea. And yet, notice every line of the Lord's Prayer is in the first person plural. Our Father, give us, yeah, we. So it's a prayer not just for me, it's a prayer for us. So as we wrap up this time together, 
I would love to encourage you to think, what does it look like to pray the Lord's Prayer for us as a church community? Okay? Um, This is where we have our... This is where we pray the Lord's Prayer together, and we use it here because actually we're asking for something for the Lord to do amongst us. And uh, when we pray publicly, it's like the sort of tip of the iceberg of of the whole lower part of our own private prayer. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you um, to think about this for yourself. Can we go to the next slide, please? So, And this is what I want you to think about. If we pray the Lord's Prayer for Emmanuel, and God answered that prayer on a new level, what would we see? Okay? If we prayed the Lord's Prayer for Emmanuel, and God answered that prayer on a new level, what would we see? And I would like you to, uh, I don't want you to just think about this. I would love you to write something down. Okay, so in the, in the, in the pews, don't, we're not, we're not going to do this yet. We're not going to do this yet. Uh, we're going to sing in a moment because it's not just going to be us. It's going to be the kids who are going to come and join us as well. Okay, we're going to sing. And then when uh, the kids come and join us, uh, after we finish singing, we're going to take the, the, the paper we got in, the, um, in our pews and write what we would say to that. But for now, let's have our musicians come up and join us. And we're going to be thinking now about our prayer in the secret place where we commune with God. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.